Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Soul-touching and moving two-way psalms compassionately follows Kathy, a woman newly diagnosed with bipolar disorder who has been released from prison for good behavior and returns to her home in Iowa to reconnect with her estranged daughter and her cantankerous elderly grandfather. Her return home is a turbulent one, and it brings an unwelcome transition into Kathy's life that she has to come to terms with. And that is the backstory behind this wonderful new film called Two Ways Home. And we're joined today by the director, Ron Vignoni, as well as the producer and lead actor of the film, and that would be Tana Frederick. Tana and Ron, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a joy to be back on the show. I'll start with you, Tana, because it feels like this film, the origin of this film, the story behind it came from you. Is, is that correct? Am I accurate to say it? that way yeah it, it's um yes it's a script that was written by a family friend um who knew my grandfather and my family all my aunts really well and um he handed it over and asked me what I thought of it and I've been I had been wanting to do a, a movie in Iowa <clears throat> for so long and feature Iowa crew and talent and uh and actors of course and and so it, it kind of fit the bill perfectly and how, and then you approached Ron or Ron, how did you, the two of you get together uh, to make Two Ways Home? Yeah, well, we had been working together for a while on a number of films and uh, Tana had uh, this script that she was very excited about. And, and, and actually it was bigger than a script. It was, it was really her brainchild in terms of wanting to create this movie that explored um, the subject matter that it did, but also she had this, this this kind of passion to bring a film production back to her home state that would showcase the the uh, the Iowa talent and the and the professionals there in the industry. And um, I thought it was all very lofty when she first said it, and then she just kept on pushing, and I was like, wow, this is going to work. This is amazing, and um, that's how it was born, really. What was what was it like to, to get the project off the ground? These films, especially films that for a lot of distributors may not feel like the sort of the biggest potential yeah. box office or all kinds of impediments, an independent um, project. How long did this take to kind of get off the ground? You know, I got to give a lot of um, credit to the resources that Tana was able to plug us into in Iowa. Um, because without those resources, uh, there was no chance that we would have gotten this film off in the time that we did. I think at the time, Tana, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was stuff going on in the Iowa Film Commission where there was not a lot of productions going on in the state. And we just happened to fit in at a time where people were willing to, were wanting to work, willing to work. And they, um, they really engaged with this material, which was a, a bonus. And we started in, we decided we're, we have this amount of resources, this, this amount of finances, and let's go shoot what we can. 
and then cut that together and go back and shoot it a second time. And that's what we did. And, and it was, it worked for us. It worked yep. in a big way. I've never heard it done that way. Tana, so bringing these, these resources together, this feels like, definitely feels like uh, a project that's near and dear to your heart. And while it is in some ways tangentially about a woman dealing with mental health issues, bipolar issues, it is not something that is a flashing billboard in the film. It's part of her character. It's part of her organic relationship with all these different people in her life. Um, and I really want to congratulate you on that because not only is that an important way to tell the story, in my opinion, but it's also something where there are tens of millions of Americans that are dealing with some version of a mental illness that, that, and that they have to keep under, under seal, essentially for most of them, right? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about sort of that part of the story and how important it was for you to tell it in the way that you did. Thank you so much for saying that, Mike. Um, I think that we've all had a, a, a brush with, it's so <laughs> common to see there are like one out of four or one out of six, you know, people are, are challenged with um, mental health adversity and um, depending on where you go, World Health Organization or whatever, you you look at um, stats you look at, but this this is really close to my heart because my parents, my mom was a psychiatric nursing professor in um, in Iowa at a community college, and my dad was a pharmacist who developed med sets for the severely mentally ill in North Iowa so that they could keep track of their their daily medications. We were very, very involved uh, since I was a baby with a lot of the severely mentally ill in North Iowa. And also they were in charge of developing this program um, and this facility called the Transition Center, which transited uh, mentally ill out of, out of um, being unmedicated or struggling, put them into a facility, got them back on track with finding the correct medications, with psychiatric care, with the correct doctors, then integrated them back into society, got them housing, got them jobs, and got them on whatever correct uh, regimen that they needed for um, for medications and so on and so forth. And so growing up, I was very familiar with all of the, the severely mentally ill individuals in North Iowa. And that was that was really a blessing in, in my life because I, I don't think I ever looked at anybody and said, this is incorrect. This is the wrong way of thinking. I only remember having a lot of conversations with different individuals and looking at, for example, one of one of our really close friends of the family, he was he was schizophrenic and he came one day and he said, I made sevens all day. He said, I crafted out sevens. I crafted them out of wood. I crafted them out of paper. I crafted them out of, this is on his journey, right? But he made them out of out of paper clips, he made sevens because he wanted to prove that he could he could stick to something and he could be a beneficial member of society. And he was a beautiful man. He used to I used to have conversations with him about how people disappeared and how he would get sad. Now these conversations, you know, um, were interesting to me because on one hand, you know, I, I understood what he was talking about and. And on, on the other hand, you, you could also dismiss them and say, well, he's having, you know, a, a, a delusional moment. But on the other hand, you know, his brain was looking at things differently, assessing life differently. And so it was it was a cool thing to grow up with. 
Although I also was able to see the other side of that, people who did not want to be neighbors with this transition center because they didn't want mentally uh, ill in their neighborhood. This film, not to tangent off, um, is about a person who, a woman who is bipolar, which um, is treatable. And a lot of people, like you said, hide from others because fear of, of having issues with the other parent if they're a single woman like my character is fear of being judged, fear of being stigmatized. And there are all varying degrees of, you know, mental health disorders. And I don't even like to call it disorders. I like to call it mental health adversity because sometimes it can craft another way of looking at life when you're faced with mental health challenges. It's been a really beautiful journey to have a lot of people talk about their own struggles and their own realizations through fighting their others' perceptions of, of them who are mentally ill. And, you know, there's varying degrees of postpartum depression, anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, PTSD, so on and so forth. So we wanted to make a, a film that was, that was true to that. Stigma busting. Yeah. Stigma busting. And, you know, one of the interesting things, and Ronald, I'll get into this with you. I do want to come back to what you're saying Tana, because I think it's so important um, to, to really kind of flesh out how not only someone dealing with mental illness, but it's the perception of them. But Ron, you made this film, I'm, I'm assuming you made this film prior to the onset of the pandemic. Yes, we did. And, and when in terms of sort of understanding, bringing about a clearer, better understanding of how mental illness affects people and lives and their relationships. But um, this is a even more relevant in terms of the conversation we're having around being sequestered, being under quarantine, whatever Absolutely. phrase you want to use over this last many months. Yeah. And you keep reading reports of, you know, this uptick in people dealing with mental illness, sure. or at least manifestations of it. So, I mean, how does, how do, and we'll get into the actual story in a minute, but because I think it's important, but just in terms of just the timeliness of the film. At some point to, to speak to what you're talking about, you got to wonder if there's an, an alchemy in the world <laughs> of how things work out when they do and the timing of that. Because, you know, um, we've talked about this before. Had we finished this uh, years earlier, it, I don't think it would find a place in, in this inflection point in culture where we are and and people very willing to to discuss, to disclose and to deal with uh, their varying degrees of mental health adversity. It seems to be a strange fit. And certainly in terms of the pandemic and being sequestered and uh, the isolation and the loneliness, and the anxiety and everything that a lot of people, a lot of people who actually had never come in contact with that sort of thing are dealing with now. It's, you know, there's a, there's a strange kind of dovetail with the material and what we're going through. I don't know how to really answer that, except my mom used to say everything works out for the best. <laughs> and it used to drive me bonkers, but you know, I would have liked to have this done years ago, but it's finding a home now. And I guess that's what's important to add to the cultural conversation, if you will. And it is an issue. It is an issue just to, you know, to kind of come back to it. Again, I'm focusing on it. It's not really the only part of this film that's relevant no. to to what we should right. be talking about in terms of just uh, relationships, the elderly, how we deal with yeah. the elderly, how we are sort of predisposed to a certain trajectory to people's lives once they get to a certain point and right. not having to accept that as the norm. That doesn't have to be that way. 
right. people coming back uh, for a second chance, a third chance, or whatever it might be, in order to get yeah. their lives straight. But that that those are all things that are relevant to this film, Two Ways Home. Yeah. Before we get any further, I do want to remind people that there is a way to see this film. Uh, first of all, you can go to the website twowayshomemovie.com, which you can go to and figure out how you'll be able to watch the film moving forward. Uh, but but I do. But it's it's about family. It's about all the things I just described, and these are incredibly important. And an element of this is Kathy's dealing with her bipolar disorder. I don't have a question exactly. I just want to make sure did I did I get that right? Yeah, you know? got. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> terrific. And also, I just want to add, it's um, it is premiering on iTunes. It starts streaming on the 29th, and it's available for pre-order now. If you want to, okay, fantastic. Do you want to come back to the acting and the performances and the people who are in the film? Obviously, Tani did a terrific job. You had Joel West. You had uh, Tom Bowers. Uh, those were all, these are all kind of really important people. And I thought Tom Bauer was, was absolutely terrific. And obviously a very, very important part of the story because he, he, there is a redemptive quality to your relationship with him that you're not getting from the other people in your family. Right. Uh, Tano, do you want to talk about Kathy and, 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 uh, your grandfather's relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw, I met Tom probably five years before we made this film. And he reminded me so much of my grandfather with his beautiful striking bone structure and just his, his um, that sort of salt of the earth essence and just his, um, his elegance. And I said to him, at the director's guild, I said, I'm, I'm going to make a movie with you where <laughs> you play my grandfather. And, uh, and I think he kind of just dismissed me First of all, because no actor likes to be told that they're going to play somebody's grandfather. <laughs> he was probably like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. Come to me, come to my agent when your script's ready. It came about that we got this up and running. And of course, Tom was, uh, I mean, he is a, the consummate, gorgeous actor to work with, you know, studio actor. And um, he really gave my grandfather's character again this is written by a family friend so he really gave this character of my grandfather um such earnestness in the portrayal my grandfather and i sort of had this repartee of i don't know how to describe it but he was um recovering alcoholic on and off recovering and world war ii vet who was a gunner fought 32 missions um over uh, Germany had actually written down all of his, you know, watching. So I know, I know you're just watching a lot of his friends go down and just a staunch, staunch, uh, Catholic Christian man. And, and Tom just, I don't know, he just nailed it. If I, if I could have come back from LA and said, you know, I, this is, I'd like to take my grandfather out of the nursing home. There's a lot of farmers in the Midwest face when they kind of go through that last break of a lot of times falling, you know, and, and breaking their hip and where they're just, they're saying goodbye to these farms that they've had for, for centuries. If I could have done that, you know, the beautiful thing about art is you get to live that idealization of what could have been out. And I, and it would have looked something like, like this, you know, me with my grandfather. Well, well, uh, I'm going to, Ron, I'm going to ask you about the acting, sort of this ensemble that you that we were working with in terms of just sort of 
crafting their performances in service sure. to the story. What what was your sort of your notes, if you will, to to the actors? We made a decision very early on that we would approach this and the portrayal of these characters with um, really raw honesty. And that was the guiding light. It was about bringing, um, it, it was really to stray away from, from any sort of caricature and really find the honest um, underbelly and truth to who these characters were in this situation and, um, and bring that to the screen. When you're asking me about the notes, the characters, is there someone in specific or you're just in terms of the- Well, the actually for one, uh, Joel West, because he had kind of a tricky role. There's sort of, a, sort of a transition that he has to make in terms of just the arc of his story. Yeah. Which, which yeah, I mean, that, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so uh, from the beginning to the end, he's a very different kind of character. He's been changed by the circumstances. So Yeah, I mean, look, with Joel, it was, I remember our dialogue was like, look, you know, Junior is the guy who didn't leave home. He, he, he never, he never went away. You know, he didn't, he's, he was born here. He'll live here. He'll find an identity here and he'll die here. Probably. That's a sense of, of comfort for him. You know, I mean, he's dealing with being a single dad and uh, on some level kind of relieved that this very volcanic mercurial personality is out of his life. And then lo and behold, she comes back in you know, and it changes the power dynamic. It changes everything and he has to deal with it. You know, that, and Joel brought again, an honesty to it from a place of almost um, immaturity. He was able to take, and I mean that in the best of way, he was able to, to show us what was underneath with this character and, and how he hadn't evolved in direct conflict with Kathy's struggle and ultimately what he had to face. And then he steps up to the plate and he does evolve yeah. and he becomes a more mature, um, accepting and, and compassionate human being. And so on some level, her return home, her homecoming is kind of the deliverance of, of his, his growth you know, in a way. I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound so lofty about it, but you're asking yeah. a really good specific question. And, and all of these actors, all of these actors on the most specific human level, I, they didn't, there was no conflict they, with me or with the story. They, they understood where we were trying to go and they dug in, they dug in and it was a joy to work yeah. with all of them on this level, all of them, every single one of them. And it was amazing like that. Well, again, I mean, it just, there was a moment or two in the film where, um, he seems to return back to kind of his roots. There's a scene yeah. with you in the garden, right? Where right. you're kind of trying to figure, you know, how you're going to get past all this. Or you're, I'm sure you were in the barn, I, I pardon me, where, where there's this sort of let's, it feels like that's where he was coming from, where he came from a religious background and he had this sort of epiphany with, right. with Kathy. And I felt like, again, it's not an easy thing to go from where he starts to where he ends up. So I just thought in terms of those terms. Yeah, great. I, I love that that worked for you. And thank you for bringing it forward to, to talk about because um, Junior is a great character. And, and you know, with everything that goes on and, and the, the, the thematics and the subject matter, it often, he often gets left in, in, kind of in the shadows and right. uh, they all deserve to be up front. Well, he's, he's, he's one. I mean, obviously he's the father 
and he's the husband and, but but he's also kind of outside of the family if that's yes. the right way to put it. he's not the yes, core absolutely. of the grandfather granddaughter relationship so yeah it's tricky yeah it's a tricky that's such a you're you have such a great film i it's always so fun to talk to you because you know you know so much and you like pick up so much and that moment where that moment in the script was supposed to be kind of funny and ironic with Joel saying like, let's pray. And, you know, it was supposed to be kind of, I mean, any, any other actor besides Joel or somebody could have taken that and been very glib about that, you know, but Joel really took that moment. And I just remember when he did that line and he was like, let's pray. And, and I was like, Oh my God, because it hit me like a ton of bricks that that was that he translated that into being junior, his character's acceptance of my character and like, you're back in and I love you, which was such a great translation of that line because that is the quintessential Midwestern. Exactly. He's He's true to his roots. I mean, these are the things that you would assume. And it's not often you see in in a lot of films. Uh, I'm not just in the interest of full disclosure. I'm not a religious person, but I I appreciate people who who have that degree of faith or whatever motivates them to do. And I felt like this is a little uncomfortable, but at the same time, it is appropriate for what what he is and what he's about. Absolutely. And on that note, I just want to add one thing in is like, you know, Kathy's acceptance of who he is and where he is at that moment, her surrendering into that is very much a corollary to when he at near the end of the film does his does the turnaround. And I thought that worked very nicely. And they complemented each other very, very well like that. Yeah. In, in strange and in strange conflict, uh, you know, moments of conflict and 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 um, the unknown in, in both of their their lives. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such a great that's such a great observation because I thought we thought we would have to um, we thought we would have to do all these love scenes that really surmise you know Kathy and Junior falling back in love and then all of a sudden it's like that you know that that gold that little gold nugget where it's just like, oh, all Junior had to do was ask her to pray and <laughs> they're back together. Who knew? That just saved yeah. us like yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> but it was really a beautiful moment. Yeah. Well, I thought so too. I really did. Um, and uh, and I, I can't let you get away without saying, Tana, what a wonderful job you did because you are the glue. You are the, you are the, the thing that drives the story, the dynamic part of it. You have a sense of humor in this role. You were able to bring some kind of gallows humor at times. And then also I think of the, the stick up. I thought, you know, when you were all out to give too much away, but anyway, at the beginning and also throughout the film, you have, there's a certain levity to your character. You want to be positive. You, and, and I think it's really important for people to see someone who is uh, dealing with bipolar, as are most of the people who are, as you described, have some degree of mental illness that they deal with, that they're functional people. These are people that are productive citizens throughout. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're an invisible part of our society, but they're also they're there. They 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 don't want to talk about the things that that uh, bedevil. In the same way, if someone had uh, diabetes or or some other illness, you wouldn't be so reticent to talk about it. But 
those people are faced with this sort of double bind. They're dealing with it and they're not allowed really to talk about it in, in polite company, right? Yes, I mean, and I just want to add, and not only invisible, very visible as well, just sometimes I'm willing to talk about it and sometimes yeah. willing to talk about it. There you go. There you yeah. go. But it's that double bind of, of having that to, you know, something on a daily basis or maybe not on a daily basis. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, it's some part of their life. And then to not be able to share it with a lot of people that they dearly love or care about or whatever, right. it's just got to be very, very difficult uh, and uh, beyond difficult, actually. Actually, it would change my life if that was something that I was dealing with on a regular basis. So, well, congratulations. Danny, anything that you want to, but congrats to you as a producer, as well as an actor in this role. Thank you so much. I, it's, you know, the, 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 characters really like very much um you know a love song to all of the who I feel are heroes and who are facing challenges with mental health there's so many so many mothers who came up to me who have come up to me uh after seeing like a cut of an iteration of the film and said I don't talk about this, but uh, I'm bipolar, you know, and so many people who you almost say in a sort of like, as a misnomer, oh, I thought they had their, their stuff together. You know what I mean? And that is such a, that is, I think how we look at, and I say it as a, as a, as a producer of a, a mental health film, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that is, that is what I really hope can change some perceptions with this film is that the people who do talk about it um, and, and really um, the people who have inspired me are people who share their, their, their journeys and who inspire me or who come forward with their journeys because those are those are the real the real heroes is when they have the most to lose and they come forward and they're not and even if they're afraid they show they show their their colors and and what they've dealt with you know oh i was just going to add you know and it, it's it's back to a, a way of you know um, either attaining some balance in your life or the journey to attain some balance in your life. I think that, uh, you know, what Tana was saying in terms of the having the courage and having the um, the wherewithal to, to be able to, to, to disclose and to, to talk about it. I think that's where we are in culture. I think that you see it happening in, with, you know, everyone from celebrities to, um, to uh, in all walks of life, you know, and, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It, it's it's the road to healing, in a in a big way. And I hope that you know we have added to that conversation a little bit. And um, I think there's there's great value in that. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing at all. Right. At all. Right. And thank you for bringing up the element of that into this discussion because that will say an awful lot about our society or any society that gets to that point where. When we're talking about mental illness and our, and we're making progress in terms of understanding it and dealing with it, therapies and those kinds of things. But when we get to a point as a society, it's, it isn't a big deal. That it right. isn't something that should ostracize you, cause you to feel distressed, cause you to be ostracized from your own family. We'll know a lot about our own society when we get to a better place and we'll know it. I Very well said. Very well said. Yes. And uh, 
to and adding to the discussion definitely is part of what this project is about and but it's also a very good film too so so for people who are interested in watching a good movie then they should check out two ways home and i want to thank both of you so very much for being here the director ron vignoni as well as the producer and lead actor and that would be tana frederick thank you mike to both of you thank you thank you sir Thank you so much for having us on your show. And it was just a joy to talk to you again. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.